Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Uh, we are in the second week of April. Today is Sunday the 12th, and uh, this podcast was actually recorded on the 9th uh, this past Thursday, and uh, we had a great time with all the guests. Uh, our guest today is Lou Angelwolf. He is a national touring comedian. He's been all over. He is also the host of the IMHO.love podcast. Check that out. It's a great podcast and lose a great comic. Uh, we also had Johnny Hobbs. He is our resident house MC. He fills in for less all the time. He's been doing comedy for 20 plus years. He also is a uh, employee of McCurdy's Comedy Theater as the customer rewards manager. So big deal, this guy. And we also have Twee Wen. She was our special guest this evening. She is our resident bartender here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater, and she's done comedy herself. And uh, this was a really fun episode. I It was a long episode. We did almost two hours, and uh, we actually did an, some improv games at the end of the episode, which aren't in this episode, but we will be releasing those in the coming week. And uh, I really think you guys are going to enjoy this one. We talked a lot about COVID-19, the situation at hand. We talked a lot about geopolitics. Uh, I mean, everything. Lou is a preacher, almost, and uh, I think he was actually back in the day, and I think you guys are going to really like this one. It's a deep, uh, intuitive podcast. Pay attention, and uh, we're not experts, but we're just speaking on behalf of what we know, and uh, please give it up for our guests, Lou Angelwolf, Johnny Hobbs, and Twee Wen. To the conversation. <laughs> Les McCurdy here, McCurdy's Comedy Theater and Humor Institute in the greater Sarasota, Bradenton, Venice area, servicing since 1988. And uh, uh, we're, uh, of course, this is our podcast, a conversation. It's just our normal conversation. Now, normally, we would be sitting in the green room. Uh, before the show, during the show, and during the show, having this conversation, be the conversation that we have in the green room. But, of course, we are now 25 days closed uh, because of the pandemic, and we are sitting in our showroom. Uh, we, are at, we are at least six feet apart. We uh, <laughs> at least, at least. Yeah, we're good. At least, I think every week we've said the same joke. We are using Johnny Hobbs' penis to measure <laughs> the wow. six-foot rule. No, but, uh, but uh, I'm sorry, Twee. And, uh, <laughs> but no, we're, 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 we are, we're doing the six feet. Now, I, 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 we're not wearing, you can wear a mask if you want one. I don't have, a, I, I do, I do have my bandana, which I've been uh, uh, enjoying the back to the bandana look, uh, but we're just going to go around the room and have everybody introduce themselves. We'll start with Mr. Johnny Hobbs and work uh, in that uh, uh, in that rotation. Good evening. My name is Johnny Hobbs. And <laughs> That's I'm, what he sounds like. And I'm an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> right. No, actually, before anything, I just want to say how much I've missed everybody. Yeah. I have missed everybody, yeah. and yeah. it is so good to see you guys. <clears throat> nice to get out of the house and just to get some fresh air, and to see you guys. And Johnny, Johnny works here at the theater as the head of our uh, customer rewards department, but also has been a stand-up comic for many, many years, and still is a practicing comic, and fills in for me hosting, and does some limited touring around when he feels like it, and then. Uh, 
Our next gentleman here is uh, one of our uh, nationally touring comedians that lives in the Tampa Bay area. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, it's Lou Angel Wolf. Good to be here. And uh, of course, McCurdy's is my home club. Uh, I love these people. They're my uh, ultra extended family. They're just <laughs> fabulous. Uh, it's weird sitting in the showroom with no people in it, man. I know. Yeah, uh, I know. And this, this is my favorite comedy club uh, of all the comedy clubs. Thanks. And uh, I'm very proud to call it my home club. And uh, the energy that has been in this room before, the laughter that still lingers in the curtains, uh, it's just, it's, it's a happy place to be. And now it's like kind of in this like, it's, it's like a frail thug right now. <laughs> just, and I just, it's, it's this incredible threat that's no threat. Right. Um, yeah. It's great to be here, and uh, thank you so much for inviting me down. Oh, as thanks we, for coming down. As we know. all, you know, move through this time, sure. I've uh, I've renamed it. I just call it the scenario. The scenario. That's I like it. Perfect. I like it. And our next guest <laughs> is uh, Twee. Twee, introduce yourself to us. Hi. Um, I can't necessarily say I've missed all of you. I mean, I miss seeing your faces. <laughs> I don't really like miss you in that way. You know what I mean? I don't want to get all, like, too woman, sentimental yeah. or anything like that. But um, I'm enjoying this unpaid vacation. Yeah. <laughs> A little unpaid vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm just catching up on all my stuff. You know, I always have tons of projects and things. So. You know, and I'm doing this. This is my new thing for the week. I've never been a part of a podcast before, and that's oh, why nice. I'm filming it. Nice. So Heck yeah. for life of Twee. And Twee is Twee's been working with us here for many, many years. Uh, uh, bar manager here, and also uh, uh, never, never really a touring comedian. Although uh, she could have been if she wanted to be. And uh, there's still time. <laughs> there, you, ain't over you, yet. you do have time. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Twee, look, Twee looks at me and Hobbs and, and Lou and goes, There's plenty of time. Uh, yeah, uh, plenty of time. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, uh, but, but you got in the uh, you know, doing the comedy some, and and, uh, and then you produce some of the most fun videos. Oh, I mean, you really do that. You're gifted at that, it's awesome. And so, uh, and then, of course, Mike, who our yeah. producer, is here. I'm always so, here. So, uh, yeah, from here on out, it's just a conversation. I want to say that we, you know, of course, we put this out to all of our comedians that uh, are in the Tampa Bay area, close enough to drive over, and to see who would come over. And I think we've got enough to be able to do uh, three or four of these mm -hmm. at, at this point, because, and we're going to try to set up to where we can do some phone things and this, that, and the other. So, yeah. I appreciate you guys coming over, but... I know, like, you were just saying, Johnny, it was just nice to see her. The last podcast we did, there were five of us, and that was the thing that everybody commented on. Boy, it was certainly nice to be with a group of people different from yeah. my normal, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, quarantine group. Yeah. Uh, and just talk and just sure. and just get together and talk. And uh, But, you know, there's no reason that – there's no reason that people can't do that in this time. You know, you can you can follow the proper, you know, guidelines. I mean, we we had some friends over at the house, and they just brought all their own shit. You know, brought a cooler, had all their own stuff. Sure. And and we sat outside on the patio and built a fire, and everybody had plenty of distance between them. And we had a. I've ball. done the same thing. Gone to a few friends' houses and just done the same thing. Keep the distance. And, yeah, we've had some know. chills. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Um, you don't yeah, have I, to feel like you got to be barricaded in a in a in a bedroom unless you're unless you're vulnerable like your mom like you said yeah, my mom. mom yeah my mom's uh 81 and uh 
she does have you know some cardiac issues and uh, uh, she has COPD so we really can't let anything get on her so we just slide a pizza under the door <laughs> check on her every once in a while <laughs> scratch if you need yeah, anything yeah. else but <laughs> no, she's just, so it's like, ring the it's like a, it is it's like it's like it's like a bad solitary confinement <laughs> movie well you know i just looked up i looked up the word quarantine and the word quarantine actually means 40 days oh. <clears throat> it's really what that's where the word comes from it's uh, from a um, uh, a Roman uh, Senate that they right. all the collective of the doctors right. they said in forty days uh, the sickness will run its course so that's what we're looking at and that's probably what you were looking uh, what the president was looking at when he was talking about being able to release everybody on uh, uh, Easter but it's going to be a couple more weeks in that or maybe it came to the total of forty days I don't know it's just been one long day since, <laughs> since you, you last really think month. Trump read, read that about early Rome? Well, he has advisors. I'm not saying he thought of it. You know, yeah. none of these guys. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't, but it's just not. He's, he's not generally in his wheelhouse know, to do that. I'm doing my biblical tracking. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see him looking up the Latin root word for <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, there's guys man. like me to do that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, it, you know, it's it's going to be. I mean, from my point of view, I mean, I, I it's uh, it's going to be longer than that. I mean, I I just you well, know. I think by the end of the month, uh, we'll have some real good some. You know, and here's the here's the thing that's most confusing about it. I, I do uh, my own uh, podcast too. Uh, Imho dot love. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion, dot love. Uh, if you go to Lou Angel Wolf, it's all over the place. I'm on Bitshoot and Bitshoot's a great format, by the way. Uh, it's a platform that does not censor or alter. So if you talk about things that are a little edgy, mm-hmm. it's going to stay up, you know, because yeah. YouTube and Facebook, they're censoring like mad right now. If you say anything about China or COVID-19 yeah. or anything, if you oh, really? have any alternative point of view, uh, they, they take it right down. They really? go, oh, this is inappropriate yeah. or whatever. They're, so, they're allowed to do that. Well, it's, it's, it's theirs. It's their company. So they can do what yeah, they yeah. want. But uh, BitChute is more like a, a big open playground. You can do it. Like and there's it. some stuff on there you don't want to see. So you just <laughs> stay, stay away yeah. from that end of the woods. And, right. You know. yeah. <laughs> You're talking Whenever about the- there's an open playground, <laughs> right. there's parts of the playground we all know right. you don't go to. There's yeah. usually an odor that comes from that part of the playground. Am I right? There's so an there's, odor. Yeah. There's a degree of stickiness. Uh, <laughs> <there's> a, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but that's that uh, we, we talked about that this the other night on the show uh, is what I think the hardest part about this, especially for me, is the convolution of statistics. The numbers are so mm-hmm. tilted and phased and rephrased and it didn't have this factor and it does have this factor. And so you're coming up with all these different equations and uh, and conse- consequently, the news is still the news. If it bleeds, it leads. So they're going to give you the worst case scenario. And then if they have to recoil, they will. But they want to lead with that worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. I talking to my, uh, one of my family members is a doctor and and, uh, you know, and he's he's the type that's just he's not an alarmist. Right. He's, he's pretty pretty pragmatic about things he's just yeah. you know t- but 
kind of one of his spins is that he goes, you know, he goes, I'm hoping that this virus has been with us a lot longer than we think it has and has actually been in this country longer than we think it has and that a lot of people are already have already been infected. Yes. That already we're moving towards that herd, uh, uh, what do they call it, herd immunity. Uh, immunity. Herd immunity, uh, yeah. Smart, it's smart and, and well, type of thing. But it's also one of the things he had an interesting spin on was that the numbers – he goes, the numbers that are coming out on deaths, and he goes, I don't mean to downplay any death at all for, for whatever, however that happens. But he goes, I'm, you know, I'm not so sure that, that every death that's being reported is a virus death. Right, I've it heard that. It could have been a death that was going to happen anyway. The sure. virus yeah. exacerbated it. Is that a word? Exacerbate. Uh, yeah. exacer- but but yeah. but you know, it, it, yeah. it, but it could have happened anyway, right? I, 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 you know, I, there's no way to say that word. <laughs> Baited not, something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, and, and masturbated. Uh, but ew. But <laughs> now we're back to the sticky part of the playground. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but you know, just that wonder is uh, are the you know how and that's what you're talking about statistics that are running this way right. and that way. Well, like I said, you know, they were they were talking about how drastic everything was. This is last week's news, which right. is you know, gone, whatever. But this was the stat that they came up with. You know, they're talking about how many people are dying in Italy every day. Apparently Italy's out of the spotlight now. Um, But when they actually broke down the numbers, the people that actually passed during that time period had one, two, or three other sicknesses at that same time. Pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions. And then maybe the COVID got in at the end, you know, it, yeah. it usually t- what it is, it's the, it's the death knell for pneumonia patients. Right. If that goes into a pneumonia patient, I mean, you can just start counting because the chances are they're going down unless they're real strong. Um, and everybody that died in Italy at that time, the average mean age of all the deaths was 78 years old. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. And the average life expectancy in Italy is 82. Yeah. So consequently, these numbers that sounded so absolutely horrific were really just about average. And I, I think that that's what you're, you're also looking at, too. If you look at the flu deaths and the pneumonia deaths of the last five years, they're no higher this year than they were. And there's, nothing, there's very, very few isolated COVID-19 deaths. It's a very, very small fraction it's, right. That's all they had. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and it's hard to say. And that's where uh, 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 my doctor friend is, is like, he, he's run all that by me too. But he goes, mm-hmm. but the kicker is this. We don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the kicker. We don't know. Right. With, with this particular thing, it's, it, it's an unknown that we're dealing with. And that's yeah. the reason we have to be so ultra careful. And that's where I, you know, for me, you know, when, the, when this all came up, and we had a uh, we had a meeting about maybe ten days before we closed, maybe, maybe yeah. something like that. And I told everybody, I go, we're we're they're going to shut us down. I yeah. mean, I'm just telling you, I know it's going to happen. Um, but you you know when I really when I look at it, and I always go worst in scenario. You know, if you don't sure. pl- if you don't plan for the worst, you're 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 uh you're kicking your own self in the ass right. sure and and then hope for the best but how in the world do you reopen 
any space that is going to congregate 200 or more people in close quarters when we don't have a vaccine. I mean, how is that going to happen? Well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope it can happen because, because we're prepared to be closed for a year to a year and a half. So, her, and, sorry. No, yeah, no, no. Firewall. I was going to say herd immunity is how that happens because the vaccine's not coming out for two years. That's what, that's what the best doctors are saying. Like, it takes a long time. So what they're really working on right now is treatments. Um, there's no cure, no such thing as a cure for it. You can only cure it off the planet through herd immunity. But they're really working on treatments to keep people alive. So the biggest problem is just overwhelming hospitals. They can keep the average person, even a really sick person, alive if they have the bed space. That's the only thing that's killing people is not enough, uh, well, not enough availability of treatment. So, and then to, your, to answer your question with the numbers, some sources are reporting numbers uh, of deaths related to coronavirus, right. and some are reporting are trying to comb the data and find just directly to coronavirus. So it's like. But I'm going to go back to this. I'm okay. going to go back to just the sociological part of this: how people think. Okay? Right. Yes. Right. That's just how people problem. think. Yeah. I go. A big part of our. Uh, audience at McCurdy's Comedy Theater, over half is over 60. Sure. Okay, mm -hmm. in our market. They get our jokes. That, <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Mine, so anyway. If they can hear them. So you yeah. go, where do, where do I get, where do we get a comfort zone? Yeah, that's another For a person thing. Right. that's over 60, with all, with, you know, to, to go to congregate again when there's not a vaccine yet. Yeah. I mean, where, where do you get that comfort zone? Uh, and, and, and I'm hoping that there is a place that we will get to before there's a vaccine that will be a comfort zone for those people to come out. Uh, I could see the younger crowd coming out way earlier yeah. and being allowed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but, but, but even if they said tomorrow, hey, man, it's all good. You're still going to have people young, old. I still think going to be a little cautious yeah. About getting into groups regardless. Well, the lightning bolt of fear has struck every home. And there's some people that take it more seriously than others. Uh, I mean, I know, I mean, I've talked to people in the complete spectrum of some people think this is complete baloney. There yeah. is no virus. There's, this is all a money grab because they're making all this uh, transition through the banks and the treasury and all the switchover. Uh, that, that, that really all this is is the bird on the end of the stick. Yeah. And then I have other people that uh, are making sure they have enough bullets in their gun so they can kill themselves if they get a sniffle. <laughs> right. So hence the fear lands where it lands. But I've been saying this for weeks. Cooler heads will prevail yeah. through this. Don't, uh, for one, just as an exercise, and I've been saying this for 100 years, you know, Johnny, you've heard me say it. Turn off your TV. Yep. Tur turn that damn thing off because it is a drain and it is part of a general mind control. I mean, forgive me for loosely using the term, but all of our news comes through six major news sources and it's filtered to each of us as we will respond to it. There's the Fox group. There's the CNN group. There's the MSN MSNBC group. The people that will it'll appeal to each level of intellect and that kind of thing. It's all very, very well segmented, but it all passes through the same filter. 
there are very, very few true raw journalists working in the mainstream media right now. So, so you go, okay, I want a different opinion. Now you got to go off into the internet. Now you got to go into independent researchers. Okay. And some of these guys are nuts. They're yeah, out of their minds. For sure. Okay. But there's also some brilliance in there too. There are some people that aren't on a payroll that don't have to fulfill certain guidelines and they can report as they see. Okay. So like I say with everything, there's this, there's that, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So as we endure this, one of the things that will help you make up your mind is go inside your own mind, your own heart, and stop watching the fear mongering every night exactly, on TV. Well, no, follow the science. I mean, I, I think that, you know, to me, it's follow the science. And if and that when Shane Moss is, is comedian Shane Moss, you know, is touring with that show where he brings he uh, he he brings two or three scientists from your local area in, and it's all about science. And 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 the reasoning behind Shane doing that is the fact that we don't follow science. Right. You know, no. we 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 debunk it. We look at it almost in in not not everybody, but in so many cases, a, a lot of people. It's almost like it's almost like they distrust someone who's that much smarter than them. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I don't know if they're working in my best interest. They're so much smarter than me than they could truly, they could, they, they could fuck with me. They could, they could say whatever, and I don't know. I mean, I think there's... There's and, that, sure. And they're just not following the science. And, and I mean, there's... So within that, I mean, I've, I've said all the way down the line with this. I'm following... I'm listening to the CDC and the World Health Organization and my local, you know, health, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, department here and talking with talking with and staying in touch with those local people. The other thing is I'm staying in touch with I'm, I'm staying in touch with people that I know that work in the hospitals. Yes. Right. And going, what are you seeing? Mm -hmm. What's happening in the emergency room? Right. You know, and, and so with that. And, and I make my decisions. If I can't trust the CDC and the World Health Organization, which are supposed to be and are brilliant, beyond brilliant uh, uh, doctors and researchers, and, and, and if I can't trust those people to tell me the truth, well, then we are in some kind of conspiracy theory fucked up shit. Yeah. But I don't believe that is true. Well, the, uh, thi the thing of it is, the uh, World Health Organization, and you check their numbers, okay, it does say right in there, many of these statistics are inconclusive. And there is some projection. It, it says it right there. Yeah. There's an asterisk saying this isn't sure. all This isn't all accurate. Which sure. is uh, good. That's, which is good. They, that's, they're yeah, telling right. you, we don't know exactly. But, yeah. you know. The, we, we can't go into it right now, but check your facts on who these people are. Uh, they're not all brilliant scientists. They're not all incredible doctors. A lot of them are talking heads. And they are representatives of certain groups. And when you, like everything, like everything, from, from the smallest drug deal scam down the road, you got to follow the money. And it's been time and time proven again, scientists can be bought to make certain things seem a certain way and i know this personally in my own life there's a story i can tell and i think i will 
Lou's been bought. I just got to say one thing before we go any farther. Twee, shut the fuck up. <laughs> She's taking notes. Don't you see her taking notes? She's studying. She's going to use this on her own podcast. <laughs> no, go ahead, Luke. Go ahead. No, but what I'm saying is, is scientists. I, I respect them, and uh, and believe me, I've been saved by science a couple times in my life. I've had my body rebuilt, uh, and I'm ever grateful to scientists and doctors. Okay, but like anything else, they're men and women, and a lot of them have a price. In fact, every one of us has a price. We just don't want to go there and figure out where it is. I know so. where it is. <laughs> he's, he's thought long I, and deep. I planned it a while back. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got an exit okay. strategy. So, <laughs> nobody's hit there. Nobody's hit it yet. Yeah, exactly. So what, I, what I'm saying is <clears throat> there have been factors left out of studies. There have been things written in a particular way to seem a certain way. Uh, and because of that puritanical viewpoint that like you share a little bit of, that you think scientists are these bulletproof entities, they really aren't. They're just people. No, I, and, I agree and with And a lot of times, too, if you can get a study to say a particular thing, your school, your university, your college could wind up with a huge grant right. that would help you carry on. So consequently, if you left out a statistic, statistics, I think, 87% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah, right. Just like that. Well, also, <laughs> I think it's it's 86? it's rare that you hear uh, raw science from a scientist. Right. You most of the time you hear it from a very charismatic person who's also interpreting the data. Yeah. So, I, I, to that, yeah, I agree with you on that. Because like real, real intense, real yeah. intelligent guys can't always speak well. Right. That's a. They're not yeah. good. They're at very boring. They need someone to articulate. Yeah. So the they message. need they need Anderson Cooper to like just right. read the facts and. Yeah, too too often is that skewed. Gloria um, Vanderbilt's son. Yeah, but anyway, um, there's no ego there. But uh, what what I, and my case in point is this isn't just hearsay. Back in the early '70s, uh, Nixon and uh, the powers that be, they wanted to illegalize marijuana. They wanted to make Marijuana and marijuana still is a class one narcotic right. in many societies. Right. Even though Florida has relaxed, it's uh, well, still the federal government. It's a class one. It's, it's with still heroin. one. Right. It's still with heroin and right. schedule exactly. one, yeah. coke okay. and opioids. And I have a very very close friend of mine, a beautiful lady, and her stepdad, who lived in the same house, was the guy that did the monkey trials with marijuana, and at the end of Two years of fastidious study, they found out that the marijuana was not addictive in these monkey trials. and, and They were suffocating them, right? Because um, they, they tried to prove in that trial that uh, pot kills brain cells. And what happened was they were pumping these chimps with 500 uh, Colombian strength joints, like that amount in a gas mask every day. We used to do that. Oh. <laughs> we used to do that in our apartment in Memphis. We had a gas mask and everything. Yeah. Les used to have a Dodge van. They did. <laughs> but they were, they were, ex they were, the phony signs, they were asphyxiating these monkeys and counting their brain cells and being like, oh, well, pot kills brain cells. It's like, no, asphyxiation kills brain cells. Right. Right. You assholes. You know, that was funded by too. It was fun funded by Donald Trump. 
of nah, all things. I double checked that statistic. But anyway, it's not yeah. statistic. That's nineteen seventy one. Donald Trump was still It was uh when this all this happened. This is a different this is a different study. This is the nineties. <laughs> this, well, this is when they try to prove that it killed <laughs> Let's brain stay cells. Stay with my study. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> stay with lose research. And, and hey, hey. And this talking is about killing brain cells. I know. Okay. All right. You can do it with a gas mask. Uh-huh. There's a couple of other easier ways you, you can uh, you can take a coat and uh, and and put the inside of the sleeve. Stick your face into the inside of the sleeve. Yeah, it's really dark too. You don't know, <laughs> and and then you just start blowing smoke. You just start pumping pot smoke up into the sleeve nice and yeah. the person who's just we call it an elephant in the barrel and, <laughs> and, and you just sit to, and you're not hitting it you're just breathing normally yeah. you're just breathing normally so what happens is is that at some point your lungs fill to a point to where there's more marijuana in your lungs the more smoke in your lungs than there is sure. anything yeah. else yeah and and then you start coughing like crazy like and a chimp Yes, like and, and uh, that'll kill a monkey. <laughs> and <laughs> and your left sleeve of your coat is really sticky. Yeah, yeah. and we would wear that. Co- no, we had that was it was we we used a hunting coat. A very nice, a nice big puffy one. Yes, nice. <laughs> yes. Orange on one side, camo on the other. Okay, <laughs> circle back around the 1971. Do you still one. remember what you were talking <laughs> Absolutely, about? Absolutely, dude. I got. <laughs> Comedy bookmarks, you kidding me? This is like a tagline. Anyway. I'm impressed. <laughs> as well you should be. And they they came to this guy, and it was conclusive. He goes, marijuana does, is non-addictive, okay? And uh, it is strictly by choice. It is not chemically addictive, da 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 right. Okay. So anyway, he submits his study. They go, nah, nah, we... Yeah, that, that's that's not what we're looking for. And he's going, but that's the truth. He goes, this is my exhaustive study for two years. You've paid me to do. And here's the real facts. Here's the real statistics. It's a double-blind placebo study. They don't get much more accurate than that. It's peer-reviewed. Take a look. Here it is. They went, yeah, nah, that's not what we're looking for. So on that day, on that day, the term gateway drug was invest was invented they go okay we can't actually find conclusive evidence that but it's a gateway drug to other drugs because if you know where to buy marijuana chances are you know where to buy lsd mm-hmm. and you know where to buy cocaine and morphine which i didn't i just knew god had some pot but <laughs> so what i'm saying at that point and this guy had to sign off on it right okay one of the main reasons he had to sign off on it because it would have ruined the grant to the university that was conducting it right. if he didn't it was hundreds of thousands of dollars was it, it was the university that was conducting it or was it privatized it was being it was being paid for through the university okay okay and he was getting paid for through the university and he had to sign off on it and it literally ruined his life as yeah. a scientist the fact that i had to sign off on that bullshit that i didn't believe in because the president of the united states or the government of my country wanted me to say that i came all this light all this way in my life to be a patsy for the dea right and it really ruined his life so coming back around scientists aren't as puritanical as they are made out to be okay there's dirty guys all the way up and down the line man and anytime you're trying to find 
the cause or the source of something. And I'm sure this pandemic <laughs> is going to reek of it. Uh, you got to follow the money, man. You got to follow the money, follow what happened, follow who's getting paid, who's getting paid to shut up, who's getting paid to speak up. And, you know, because the reality of it is we're all healthy people here in this room. Mm -hmm. If each one of us got COVID-19, we would take uh, a treatment of drugs. And because there's only five of us, it would be almost 100% that we would all recover and just go on with our lives. It's just like a bad flu okay that's the reality of the sickness okay now it is it does prey upon those that have you know pulmonary issues heart issues uh if you're already can, weak you're already weak you're, you're already, already weak. down okay and it will take you out okay but so will pneumonia and so will several other strains uh of sickness take you out in the well, same that's what realm. COVID does is it gives you pneumonia right right Right. I mean, that, that's, that's what takes you out yep. is, is that you develop pneumonia. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's just, you know, and, and it's just like my, uh, once again, talking to my doctor buddy, way back when this was first rolling around. Mm -hmm. And he was going, and he was giving me that same thing on, okay, swine flu, swine flu. I think it killed about 60,000 people. Right. Uh, it infected, I don't know, millions. Mill 60 million people, I think. Yeah, with millions. It. And, and it was one that, if I, if I recall correctly what he said, um, it, 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 uh, it flourished during the flu season. Then by May, June, it, it took a dive like flus do. 40 days. Yeah, just jumped right off. Because he he, 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 this is a guy that works walk-in clinics, you know, right. owns them. And he goes, I've been dealing with the flu for, you know, 40 years, you know. Yeah. And I can tell you that my walk-in clinic will be packed with people with the flu or something like the flu. Sometimes we just call it the crud. We don't even know what it is. <laughs> it really does ain't what it's it true. got. With the it's, crud. It's an inexact thing. You call it? He goes, yeah, it's a crud. It's not actually, not, we don't know what. It's just a crud. But anyway, he goes, we'll be, our waiting room will be packed for four months. And literally, he goes, with flus, you literally, in a week or two period, you go to nobody yep. in your waiting room anymore. Yep. Yep. And when the weather gets nice. And he goes, so we might, we saw that with swine flu. But in September, came roaring right back. Sure. It popped right back up. But then within a few months after that, or a couple months after that, they had developed the vaccine and got everything under control. You know, so he said, but if we look, if we look at the early reports that we've gotten from South Korea and Japan uh, because he went China who knows if you can really you trust know their numbers yeah right. trust their numbers yeah but, is it, but I feel like we can probably trust Japan and South Korea's numbers mm -hmm. he said if we look at that uh, we're seeing that COVID is killing people at about three and a half to four times the flu that's what it's looking like. That's what it's, the way it's popping up. Okay. So if we take one of the worst flus, swine flu, 60,000 people times four, okay, that would be what we would expect out of this. You know, that'd be, that'd, that would be a natural expectation to what we're seeing. And, and he goes, you know, we could see it drop as low as three from what we're seeing. We could see it spike up as high as maybe 10%. Sure. 
And that is the numbers we're seeing right now. That's the numbers that they're that they just rolled out recently where they said, oh, we could see anywhere from 100,000 to a quarter of a million people die. Well, that's right in that, in that number sure. that he was talking about way back then. You know, and he goes, and it's bad, and it's a lot of people, and, and you know, but it's, it's not the bubonic plague mm-hmm. uh, that killed a third of the population of the world at that point in time. Um, and... and, and the fact that he goes at from a doctor's point of view, from a scientist's point of view, we we don't. This is new. This is new. Yeah. And and the, anything that's new can change. Yeah. Yep. It can yep. change, and we don't know if it might change or not. So you got to take it seriously. And that was his point: was going. Oh yeah. Are we overdoing this? Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. we are. Yep. Sure. Yep. You know, maybe we are overdoing it. He goes, but I think we always want to err to overdoing it, sure, than to underdoing. Yeah, it, you yeah, know, it, uh, it, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. You well, know? and and because that gives it a rosy ending. You know, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Right. Um, I I don't think we are overdoing it. Um, the only reason I say that is because it, I think that the, the the disease itself is treatable, and it's not as scary as per se the bubonic plague, right? Right. Um. The weird, crude science behind that, though, is that the bubonic plague was so bad that if you got it, it was a death sentence. Yeah. There was no, per, there was no point in treating you. They right. just, you just died. Well, and they it, burned your body. Well, you're talking about the, a different era too. But, but, uh, but, but true, okay, so but Spanish still. flu. Spanish flu was also right, a death right. sentence. They had no treatment for it. If you got it, you were dead. Yep. End of story. Polio. Pos- polio. Yeah. But, it might not kill you, but it's going to cripple you. But yep. polio was a, was a, was a, actually the, my counter argument to this because. If you got the Spanish flu, they pretty much knew you were dead. Therefore, there's no point in treating you. Right. You're going to die. Hospitals didn't get overwhelmed. Does that make sense? Yeah. So now we have something that is treatable, and everybody can get it. They're saying that 70% of the world is going to get it. Now, think of the displacement that we'll have on the healthcare system. People that, are, that have nothing to do with corona are going to die because it's just going to be overloaded. Healthcare workers are dying because they're getting infected every day with it. So it's like... In that regard, I think that we're not taking we, we're we're taking this as seriously as we should be because that's like we're just like today. Think about that. Just like, today, for you know, they came out with the thing that said for said, "Hey man, if you are exposed to someone with a virus and you're working, you're you're out there working in one of the things that we still allow you to do, mm-hmm. truck driver, delivery person." maintenance person mm-hmm. hospital workers fire police all that yeah before today if you were exposed you need to quarantine yourself for two weeks as of today they went no you don't need to if you're if you know that you were exposed to somebody as of today they're saying then be careful use all the proper distancing and masks and stuff check your temperature every day before you go to work Sure. Make sure yep. your temperature doesn't spike. Yep. So already they're seeing that, you know, some of this mm-hmm. is too much because yep. if we go too far, we don't have anybody to do any motherfucking thing. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? I mean, right. we're going to, you know, it, it was like, it was like I was looking at one of the things that was a little disturbing to me the other. I think the two things that disturbed me the most over the course of this was several days ago when Pam and I we I will turn on 
CNN, I will go CNN, MSNBC, and Fox in the middle of the day, and I flip, boom, boom, boom. For, I'll go 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Just to see. Sure. Because, and, and just to see if there's anything different. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. if it's not, that, then I know it's just redundant. You know, they're just spending redundant shit yeah. that, that we already know. And then at night, I watch the PBS News Hour. Yeah. You know, I watch PBS News. I, I just feel like they're probably the most, to me, they're just the most giving me the facts. Right. Kind of a thing. And uh, um, and, uh, and and now I forgot what my train Well, I'm going to get on what Mike but, was talking about. Like, over, are we overdoing it? Yeah. I think we're overdoing the fear. Yes. And the yeah. hype. Well, that's what's that's causing what overbuying. That's what's causing people to stockpile. Right. Like, they, for some reason, they think that the, that the, 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 the trade suppliers or the supply lines are going to stop. But it's like, it's not, a, it's not a natural disaster. Like, it's not an earthquake. I'm where, still trying to figure out what toilet paper has to do with this. Uh, I think. Do you know you can't started. buy a fucking bidet? Bidet? Yeah. Th this is one of the silver linings in this whole fucking thing is that the you United have a, have States will get over the Victorian fucking attitude of Wiping shooting ass. water up your ass <laughs> is somehow a sexual turn on yeah it is but yeah, that's right. a whole different that's thing another but but together. but when you own a bidet when you yep. own a bidet when you've experienced a bidet and yep. then you get one you will go why the fuck did anybody toilet paper is probably one of the biggest conspiracies yep. yeah <laughs> dry wipe all those years it's unbelievable how many how much money, how much and it's waste, expensive. how many trees have we lost to toilet paper? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Already. It's, I'd it's like true. to, I say we eliminate the word dingleberry from <laughs> our language. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. The bidet is the best thing. And, and oh, they're nice. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, you always, you, uh, when, it, when, you're, when you're able to travel to other cultures. Yeah. And... The thing, the first time I ever did it, uh, uh, I got to go to Europe for a month, and and I was just in Italy and Austria and in Germany, but which are not vastly different from the United States, mm -hmm. but still a different culture. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I came back, I it was so obvious to me. I go, man, there were so many things I saw over there that they do better than us. Yep. And there's so many things I saw over there that we do better than them. Sure. Yet we don't. And we know it. I mean, I know fucking a lot of people know that. Uh -huh. Why the hell do we are we so stubborn as cultures not to embrace that and blend it into a, 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 a world community? You know what I mean? Isn't it, isn't it weird? I know what I know. Don't confuse me with the facts. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you lit up. You're thinking about something on that, on what I just said, right? Um, I mean, a little bit, because sometimes, yeah, there's things that other cultures might do better or do differently. But, uh, you know, you still stick with it because it's tradition or because it's like distinctly yeah. yours. Somebody's you know? dad's going to yeah. get pissed off. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. toilet paper's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know right, what I mean. Right, yeah. I mean, right. really, we it, own it's, that. it's 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 yeah. kind of crazy, <laughs> yeah. you know, in that sense. Yeah. Well, There's, and and I got a buddy of mine, Dale Hoffman, who is a comic. Uh -huh. yeah. He drives a truck now, and uh, he goes, "Let me tell you, man." He goes, "There's plenty of food." All the warehouses. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Food. Yeah. Oh, there's, you know, uh, there's well, plenty uh, of toilet paper. What they do, 
Okay, and I think this is a ploy of the toilet paper companies, and they're smart. Okay? All right. All right. Fucking Charmin. Okay. All right. Tweet. Oh. Yeah. Tweet. When you go to the – this is part of the conspiracy. I was about Tweet. to say, yeah. Hold on. Tweet, when you go to the store and you need uh, toilet tissue, how much do you buy? I buy a package. Four, four in a roll or six maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe like – I'm usually – I'm cost efficient, so I'll get like maybe the 18, but then I won't have to go for like a month. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> you know. Now, okay. Now, and, and you're a little 18 on – rolls but, of toilet paper But a lot a of month? people – Wow. A lot of people buy their toilet paper four rolls at a time or six rolls at a time. Okay. Eight rolls, maybe. Chumps. Yeah. Okay. Those guys. Chumps. Okay. Now, what Suckers. they see when they walk into Target or Walmart or whatever, and they see empty shelves of where their toilet paper used to be. Right. Now, when they get a chance to buy a case mm-hmm. of 36 or 48, yeah. they jump on it. So, as far as... If you were smart at the in the beginning of this on last February uh, last Friday the thirteenth, you'd have bought, uh, you know, all the toilet paper factory uh, stock because it went real. Because now people go, oh my god, I can't get it. I better stock up. Right. You know. Yep. yep. Uh, and I I buy I buy a big case twice a year and I'm good. Yeah. So, but th- but this is where but so now there's a sense of lack. Oh my god, I don't have it. I need it. Creating mm-hmm. a panic. They create a panic yeah. over toilet paper. And they're literally in Rhode Island. There was fistfights in the parking lot. Some guy thought another guy bought too many toilet papers. He goes, I drove down here and I waited in line for a half an hour to get in here to fart club. So I get them cheaper. <laughs> and then you buy them all. The hell's wrong. And they got into a fistfight right there in the parking lot over toilet paper. I actually yeah. took a picture in my phone because I was in one of those uh, <laughs> warehouse discount um, right. clubs right and um, they literally like maybe 15 minutes before I got there it just was a coincidence but they had unloaded seven pallets of toilet paper uh-huh. and happened to be you know a certain brand and uh, they were limiting it but I mean I was there and there was maybe like 15 packages left so I got one even though sure. at home I didn't need one right but just in case I'm not going to well, get a hold of one in yeah. the next month or two months. That's but, the psychology behind it, though. My, my daughter uh, started uh, uh, freaking out at one point about the toilet paper thing. <laughs> right. And I, and, and, really? And, 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 and diapers, and diapers for yeah. her son. Okay, yeah. now we we had to remind her. Go, well, you're not going to believe this, but you can wipe your ass with a washcloth, <laughs> and then right. wash it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's nuts. I know it's, 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 it's crazy. I know it's a crazy <laughs> thought. It's crazy thought to use cloth yeah. and wash it. But you know, it you could, you yeah. could. <laughs> and, and 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 of course she she'd never heard of cloth diapers. Yeah, right. never yeah. heard of it. And of course we all. I mean, I grew up. That's the way. I mean, I grew up. I grew up. And I mean, it, sitting fuck. I'm 64. It's not ancient. Yeah, right. But Jesus Christ. I mean, my parents, my neighborhood, every. Na- everybody in my neighborhood had a clothesline in their backyard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yep. Yep. Not one person didn't have a damn clothesline. Right. You know? And and, uh, and even at a point where you got enough money to where you could have a washer and dryer, you still had a fucking clothesline. Yeah, sure. Yep. Because some stuff, 
you hung on the clothesline. Right. You know. I still do. Uh, yeah. Do you do, you do yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the best way to dry stuff. Absolutely. Uh, the, the dryer just eats your clothes up, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's so, out of your clothes. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and there's your baby diapers out there. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and uh, you know, so that that you know we've we've become such a, a convenient pampered convenient disposable yeah. society. Yeah. And the yeah. goofy is, you know, who's it, the goofy is the people that are that are panicking a lot. And by or, or the generation my age and older that remember, they remember you can wash your ass with a fucking yep. washcloth. <laughs> you can do that. That you did it. You did it. Well, your take, parents did it. Sure. Yeah. Or you take, know, uh, and I'm you're really freaking out. You I'm know? really blessed at my <laughs> at my place. My shower is right next to the commode. So I literally could take this little half shower yeah, if yeah. I have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just this little waist down just walk thing. Walk over there. I mean, Emergency you, only. While you're at it, you know. Sure. That's a bidet. Freshen yeah, up the shrubbery. Sure. That's a bidet. You know, what's wrong with that? Yeah, handheld with a little massage pulse on it. Some people could really appreciate that <laughs> midday freshen up. Yeah, what else do you have to do? Yeah. Right. Where else do you yeah, have to do? Yeah, I'm washing my nuts again. I, exactly. I think I like this. Exactly. Holy mackerel. Seventh time today. Right. I'll tell you what. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, though. Like, I've watched a lot of doomsday preppers on like AMC or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and no, not one episode that I see some dude like move a bookshelf and there's like a bunch of toilet paper. Right, right. right. Like, ever. Never yeah. once. Like, yeah. That's yeah. not even like in the fucking manual for survival. I don't even know. Tell you what, people quit making fun of doomsday preppers, didn't oh, they? Oh, yeah. Well, it just goes back to the... To Real the, to quick, the, they did, yeah. To the media, influ- you know, like Lou was talking about, influencing everybody when they go, you know, somebody said toilet paper, and, like, I know I read that article with Johnny Carson. He got on the Carson show and said, there's a toilet paper shortage, jokingly saying there's a toilet paper shortage. Mm. And the next day, the shelves were wiped out of toilet paper. Sure. Yeah, you can, you can people, cause a panic. People are very reactionary, Look, like, oh, got to Well, you know, it's like we kid about this in my hometown of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee is just northern enough that we can get snow every now and then. Right. Okay. Right. right. But when we get snow, it's rare. Uh-huh. It happens once or twice in the winter. Three times is a big deal. And boy, to get to get an accumulation like five or six inches, you know, that's like that's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And in the whole time I grew up there and have known it, there, there's only been one time that they had an actual snowstorm that really shut things down for, for, for six or seven days, okay, for an actual week. It was a hundred-year, you know, right. kind of event. But, but most snow events, most snow events, the snow is gone within two days. Yeah. Yep. Three max, mm-hmm. totally max, three days, right? As soon as they say... It's gonna snow. The sh- the grocery store is cleaned out of all canned goods. <laughs> all can- you would think the apocalypse. All canned goods, toilet, all that stuff. Thirty two cans of lima it beans. It is totally cleaned out. Now the goof is they have been. It's a joke. It, it's a running joke in that community that I grew up in that that happens, and that we know that. It's three days. You know what I mean? Sure. Yet, they still do it. Sure. Yeah. They still do it. There is this. There is this belief that somehow it, it could be worse than I think. Yeah. And I don't want to get caught with my pants down. I, I need to relook really this quote up. It says, uh, 
as a, a sociologist, he said, I can predict and analyze the movements of many things, except the movement of an unruly crowd. Yeah. Uh, I forget. I got, I got to relook that up yeah. and get it right. Forgive me for not being able to credit it. But, yeah, you get too many people moving the right way. And now what you're also seeing is the control that the media has over us. And that's why I'm telling everybody, shut your TV off for a little while, man. Stop that filter, okay, yeah. of that. Because those are all little dents in your head. And, then, and this is what I'm, I'm trying to come around to on the imho.love show is we're all going to survive this okay maybe a few of us will fall away and be blessed in your next dimension but what i'm saying is we're all going to get through this this is uh, you're you're about to live under a new set of rules they're changing all the money every time they change the money there's new rules attached to the money but all of that is superficial compared to your existence here your place on this earth is in your heart and in your mind and in your hands it's what you think it's what you feel it's what you do so this time could be such a beautiful reset for so many people who have looked at the materialistic world and that's what i call it there's two worlds out there there's the synthetic world and then there's the natural world and you can just easily analyze which is which. You know, your natural world is the, the you know, we're down here in Sarasota, Florida. The most beautiful beaches you could find anywhere. Uh, kids walking down the street, children laughing, trees growing, birds calling, all the natural world. And then there's the synthetic world. There's our cars. There's our clothes. There's our houses. There's our, uh, our, our financial structures. Okay, that's the synthetic world. You are always part of the natural world. You are not always part of the synthetic world. And the natural world is what is going to be with you forever and ever and ever. You are an incredible energy being trapped inside this meat bag, trying to work your way into some kind of clearing, into some kind of understanding. But just know you are eternal you're never going to go anywhere. Your spirit, when it's done with this slogging bag of mud, it'll cast it off and it'll move on to something more incredible. Maybe this time that we have is time for us all to sit back and reprioritize what are we doing with our life. You know what? I always thought I'd be happier when I got that 36-foot C-Ray. There's the 36-foot C-Ray, and damn it, I'm no happier. But... If you find that you have this uh, incredible loving gift of maybe helping out animals or helping out kids or, or volunteering or building things for people that can't or doing some sort of charity work or actually converting your energy to the overall good of the world, then you'll find your true artist. You'll find the artist that's inside of you that's been dying to get out for ages now but you've been tamping them down because you got to go to work you got to go make money you got to make this mortgage payment well you know what our mortgage payment thing could be completely redone six months from now and you're looking at an entirely different world so take this time 
to get inside yourself, get inside your heart, get inside your mind, get inside your deeds, and this could be a wonderful move forward. Uh, love wins in the end. Love wins in the end every time. Every story, love wins in the end, unless it's a Fellini film. <laughs> so I thought even with Fellini, love wins. <laughs> a couple. So love wins in the end. And, but, you know, it always loses a couple of co-stars along the way. But in the end, even if this was a scorched earth, there was nothing left. At the end of it all, there would be a little flower sprouting up between a broken sidewalk, proving to us once again that the power of love, the power of innocence, is the one reigning factor Man. on this earth forever and a day. It's never going to change. So the fact that a lot of this... Isn't everything you just said in a Grateful Dead album? Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I know was just thinking... The one nobody bought. I was thinking, like, when did we take acid for this I, I podcast? I was just thinking... I was I just thought, thinking... I, I didn't loose, know. Loose smoke some good shit on the way down here, man. When did you drop? Because I, uh, I did not get the memo. Damn. Dude, I live there. I live there. That's you know, I've known him to be this way ever since I've known him. Man. Oh, ever no. I, him, uh, it's my neighborhood. Well, yeah, kind of. But, uh, uh, well, I've known him longer than you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you knew me during the dog really, day When afternoons. he was really young. Yes. And, uh, well, you know what, Lou? Good point. And we, we've been saying this in our fireside chats and stuff. When I do my little fireside chat, which is, uh, which is basically all I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just telling you, hey, all I'm going to do is from a small business person's point of view. Yep. I want to let you know what I'm experiencing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what, what, I, what I'm experiencing and how I understand it. Sure. And then, hey. Shoot me down, shoot bullets in it, send me emails, you know, whatever. I'm just going to give you my perspective because a lot of you listening to me are, are workers. You don't own the business. Yep. You don't get my perspective, you yep. know, and we give it that. And then the next thing we do is some positive aspect on what can you be doing during this time, like Twee was talking about. She's going, I mean, actually, I found a way to enjoy this time. And there's a million ways to enjoy this yep. time. Yeah. There's sure. wonderful opportunities to one of the things I said to my staff when I said, they're going to shut us down. And here's what I wanted. To, and when we did shut down on March the 16th, I said, I don't know how long we're going to be closed, but here's what I want everybody in here to do. Improve yourself. Yeah. Right. During this time Amen. period, you have the time to do some things maybe you've always said I want to do. Yep. And now, by God, you got the time. Yep. Pick one thing. I don't care what it is. And then we and we do that in the fireside chat. And then we the last thing is the silver lining. What could be the silver? There's always a silver lining in any tragic situation. There there always is. And one of them is just like what you're talking about. There's a lot of things that could happen here. We, we definitely should come out of this better, stronger, smarter. Sure. We definitely should come out of this understanding that we are much more bonded as a world community than we thought we were. Sure. We, we were going into this before we got into this. There was a lot of there was a, there was a big push all over the world to build walls around countries mm -hmm. because of the, the shift in Im immigrants, because of these war torn, awful, horrible places that people are running from this mass migration that's moving out of these horrible ass places and, and it's overwhelming 
places, and 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 so there was this thing to build walls around our and what this, all those socialist and success what, stories and what this virus has has let you know is walls don't work no. not anymore not yeah. anymore yeah. and and not, I don't know if they ever did but they certainly don't anymore so we're very connected as a world community and we'll learn that even more and the other thing that I hope will happen and and I've already decided myself in the middle of this I go I, I want to be very I want to be very um proactive myself in yes this, is that is that uh one and and, and I want to say uh uh Mark Cuban was being interviewed the other day and voiced this he goes wow don't we appreciate our maintenance workers Sure. Don't we appreciate the frontline worker, the truck driver, the delivery guy, the, 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 the person that's at the hospital that doesn't do anything but take the phone calls and coordinate, sure. that are all out there making barely enough money to survive yep. in this community. And, and, and now you're looking at a maintenance worker and going, that maintenance worker in that hospital is just as important as the doctor. Yep. Because if he don't keep shit clean, people die. What the doctor does is irrelevant. That's right. right. Sure. And so all of a sudden you, you realize that there's a lot more value to these people than, you know, we've always said it with teachers and police and firefighters and paramedics, but not your front, you know, guy that just cleans up. Sure. And, and that was it. And that's a and I think that's a silver lining thing. And I think for me, the thing that I'm seeing is, is that, you know, small business gets fucked. Yeah. OK. And why does small business get fucked? And right now I know they're trying to help. And I and I'm being very vocal about all this. But why? Because we're not organized. We're not organized. We're not under one banner. Okay, right. sure. we don't have a solid single voice. We don't have enough political clout. Well, that's right. You don't have a single voice, right? Because because and that that's where that's where I know that when <clears throat> when you unions, I mean unions uh, help workers. You know what I mean? Unions can get too powerful and become something that is not good. You right. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it should always be. Good. I saw the Irishman. That's right. <laughs> it should always be good. You know what I mean? But that, that but when when you sit there and go, you're going to bail out and and I don't I don't think it's wrong to you do need to help major industries cuz they employ hundreds of thousands of people and millions of people. Those are individuals that need to come back and get a job. I'm all for that, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you help these big huge corporations, but small business employees more people than any you can take four of the biggest major industries in the world and small business employs more people than they do and so i'm hoping that after this is over with that because that's something that i'm finding with my voice is that we don't have i would have thought the chamber of commerce would have been our clearinghouse I would have thought Chamber of Commerce would have been our place to go that would have been our voice, okay? So far, I've gotten some great assistance from our local Chamber of Commerce, fantastic assistance, really, yeah, for real. Sure. Um, but you know, and, and, but 
I haven't heard anything from the National Chamber of Commerce. They, they don't have stepping up. For, they don't have I mean, the catalyst to make it. Maybe change. they are, but I haven't heard anything. You know. Well, and and I hope that after this is over with, we start to realize where those holes are, where those where those situations were that that we go look. If and when this happens again, and you can't think it's not going to, something like this. Sure. Let's let's be smart enough. It's working out so good this time. That's right. Yeah. Let's be smart enough to to look look at where there were fix the problems. Pro, the, there were gaps. Yeah. There were things that were not not set up right, and and of course that 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 thing of socialism that word being like like the most horrible word in the world, and it's just such bullshit. We 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 every government, unless you're a strict di- dictatorship, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, has socialist sure. We, we all have socialist I mean, it's just yeah. you can't run a big population without social programs. Of you course, know? can't of course. fucking do it. But the five of us sitting in this room right here, okay, hustlers. We are a cross section of the people that carry the entire debt load of this country okay we're the broad-based bottom of the pyramid workers and we're at various degrees we all have you know within a range where we all make similar money now you're you're the owner less you have more deep investments than we do you make more money than we do and as we go down but we're still we're doing the same thing we're busting our ass we're paying our taxes we're making this whole thing move, okay? We carry the weight of the world. The American worker carries the weight of the world on their shoulders. We pay off debt. We give billions of dollars every year to Israel. Why? They got plenty of money, okay? We give billions of dollars to all these countries that have plenty of money. The answer to that is, is because somebody made a deal. Somebody said, you're going to get this amount of money because you know me, I know you, you looked that way when that went down, and now I pay you back. I don't know if it's that simple. But <laughs> well, you shake it. You shake but, it. but there's a quid pro quo. There is right. definitely, I need you to do this, so That's what if you'll is. do that, you know, then that's the fun because it gives me leverage. And here's the thing. Yes. And I, I like to explain it to people like this, like a your comedy club owner. Right. And you are on a level of several other comedy club owners across the United States. And you guys are all friends. Right. We're all talking right now. Yeah, a lot. exactly. And a lot. and you have respect and admiration yeah, for absolutely. each other. And then I'm just speculatively saying maybe above you guys is groups of men that own entertainment agencies right. and they're, they sell you the talent that you showcase. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you go above them and then there's financial managers that own the uh, entertainment industry, the entertainment uh, providers. And as you go on up, go on up and go on up, you're all still the same thing, all the same basic camaraderie. Okay. Comedy club owners, entertainment company owners, managers of funds, and it just goes on up like that. And the same thing happens in our politics. The mayors of towns, they all know each other. Hey, we belong to a mayor's council. And then like, you're talking about the, the Chamber of Commerce. The Chambers of Commerce are all linked. But as you get further up this ladder, 
And most of these people, if you look at most of the politicians out there, they are narcissistic attorneys, okay? They are guys that were not happy chasing ambulances and they switched over to politics. If you look, most of them have a background in law. They were attorneys, lawyers, however they did it, whatever avenue of law they went down. But then they got to a point and they go, you know, I can figure some of this out. And here I am with my law degree and I'm cutting some pretty good deals. You know, if I had some real clout, I could cut even better deals. So as they go, as this ascension of people, this, this common agreement amongst those as the hierarchy gets up, what happens to us is we get, they take us for granted. They forget how valuable the American worker is. They forget, and what they're feeling right now is we're the gears, man. We're the ones that get the rubber on the road and we get things moving. And now we're all paralyzed. And they're either, and I can't figure out exactly why they're squeezing us so hard, okay? I mean, I know there's some people out there right now, they have a, a, a miserable thing going on. They're out of money, the rent is due, their landlord's an asshole. You know, the check bounced. Everything's upside down, Charlie Brown. And they don't know why. And they're feeling sad. And they could easily get caught up in the lowest level of rubble of this thing. Now, we're a little more blessed. We're more, uh, you know, uh, uh, positive thinkers. And we're going to try to power our way out of it. But there's people out there that aren't. And there's going to get people to get caught up. Uh, in, in the well, you know, there's here. a, and that's what I've been preaching. There, you know, there's, there's, the, from what I'm seeing going through this is, is that more and more and more, I'm feeling like I'm seeing a, a, a more of a disconnect from the elected li leaders in Washington to the the, yes. the middle and low income and basic small business person than I thought there was. Yes, I'm seeing more of it there, and and I believe that, and I could be wrong. I would wonder statistically how many of your of your legislators how many people in congress ran a small business yep i wonder how many of them worked very long for an hourly wage yep you know i wonder how many of them i i'm i'm i could be totally wrong on this because i don't know what that number is but i'm gonna guess not many nope yep not many and so I believe people go to I believe most people go to to become a congressman, a senator with the best intentions. Yep. I believe most people do. They get caught up in the system mm -hmm. and the system is you wash my hands, you know, you wash my back, I'll wash your back, da 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 da, sure. da, da and then you end up in situations that backroom deals yeah that you really well to get my shit through i gotta do this i gotta do something i didn't want to do yeah and probably always been that way you know as far as that goes but the, we're seeing this disconnect i believe they're seeing it too yeah. now how they're going to respond to it in the future is going to be interesting but they're seeing it mm -hmm. and once again i go back to if we're passive I'm not talking about starting no fucking revolution. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's like somebody said the other day. If, I'll tell you who said it. Mark Cuban said it. Okay. He said, you know what? When we come out of this on the other end, 
hopefully there's going to be a lot more companies doing the right thing. Yep. Hopefully there's a lot going to be a lot more of the leadership of your leadership doing the right thing. Yep. Doing the right thing, not just going with the adage of in a capitalistic society as a pure capitalist, what is the smartest thing to do? Well, according to according to studies that were done in the early 1900s on that very thing, the smartest thing for a capitalist to do is to make as much money as you can. That's what you do. You you make as much money you profit. You profit as much as you can. You set up your systems below you to increase your profits. Exponential growth. All profits, but and then you control that profit as a leader and you decide how that money is distributed. Yep. Does it go to you? Does it go to philanthropic? Does it go back to your workers? How does that work? And you know, it, it, it's that we're we're we've gotten a, and here's the point that Cuban made. He goes, if we had as many, if we had leadership across the board, and when you're talking about leaders, you're talking about people who have the drive, who have the mindset to become super wealthy. Okay, that is a drive. It's a competitive drive and a mindset that only a few people have. I yep. mean, you know, they're sure. just they're yep. that that's the way they are, you know. And so it, if we if we get those people doing more of the right thing, he goes, Bernie Sanders movement doesn't exist. The reason Bernie Sanders movement is existing is because you have it's a rebuttal to tens system. of millions of people that are just feeling like poor fucking leadership. They're tired. They don't give exactly. a fuck They're about exhausted. me. But They're and tired. this isn't new to the world. No, no. no. You know at all. Not. I mean, this has been happening for fucking ever. Yep. Well, they're you know. They're good thing. like society at large is realizing all the problems that you just cited and the power structure that you just cited to the point where like actual like even in Harvard business, they're rewriting business charters. Yep. They're rewriting the concept of how a business should even operate in a society of today, yes. which is not exponential growth, not unlimited profits, not like there's there's a certain sustainability that they're looking for now in businesses. Well, they, they just don't had want a, they don't want the they had a major conference uh, out in California uh, over the I think in the past year. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you exactly what it was is one of those things that that I picked up on on NPR. And it was a major conference out there, huge companies, big business leaders. And they talked about the fact that when this study was done in the early 1900s, when, when capitalism, when, in, when, when industrial capitalism. The, in, the early 1900s. Started. In its infancy. Started, getting yeah. their, when getting it started, when it started, what was the, what was the problem? That was profit, profit, profit. That's right. the thing to do. Well, now they said that what these companies are talking about is, is that instead of being the, the correct way to run a business now is to be broken up into about four different categories, okay? Profit is big. It's probably top of the list. You have to do that to Capital. survive and to be strong, sure. right? If you Versify, can't turn a profit, why buy Hire it? more people, all that kind of stuff. Profit's number one. What's next? Your workers. 
fairness to your workers. Yes. Yeah. Fairness. Fairness to what? To the compensation level on every end is broken down in a fair way. Okay. Then community service. Exactly. How much do we give back to the community that we're servicing than philanthropic? And they go, those four things should be pretty equal but in, in a sense. And that, that at least they were talking about how at least now big companies are at least talking about that. There is at least that is being something that and they're saying that the millennial, the my daughter's age group, your age group, Mike, mm -hmm. are the age group that embraces that. We're really embraces it. that. Now, what what's going to be interesting to see is the people out of your age group that rise to that level of success, because there'll only be a few of them mm -hmm. that do, will they get greedy when they get exactly. up there? Will, they, sure they, lose, will, will, they, will yeah. they lose that mindset yeah. out of their own personal greed? It's human nature. Yeah. It's human and, nature. And, I, you know, yeah. you, you hope we would evolve. Right. But, but they are they, they want these changes. My generation especially wants these changes. And to add, an, add a category to those four is also is, uh, is fairness to the environment around you. Right. As, as, as fair as BP or mobile could be to their entire staff, they're not fair to the environment around them. They True. invade right. countries and fuck with shit. And that is another thing that's being proposed in these charters. Like, not only sustainability, but like, how are you affecting the environment around you? Not just the physical environment either, the emotional environment, the f uh, philosophical environment. Like, what are you doing? What is your company influencing on all these different levels? And that's, I think, my generation really wants that. They're tired of seeing these destructive entities. Well, the one thing, the, the, the one thing, and I've heard this speculated and it's been written about and talked about uh, uh, sociologically, is that for, the, for Earth to survive, Earth, mm -hmm. mankind, humans, sure. okay? Mama. Mama. <laughs> for Earth to survive, we're at seven... We're at 7.3 billion. billion people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what, within 50 years, we're going to be over 10 billion. Uh, there's plenty of room. Yeah, there's plenty of room. That's a good, there that's is. good. You go 7.3 billion, go to fucking Nebraska. Right. Yeah. You know, well, the, plenty of room. I love, the, <laughs> you know, I love go this. Go to Kansas. I love this statistic. <laughs> plenty this is, of room. And this is from my overpopulation people, and you're full of shit. I'll tell you right now, you're over, you're full of shit. If the state of Texas was populated as densely as the New York City, as New York City, you could fit every person in the world in the state of Texas. That's what should happen, too. But okay, the, put the whole rest of the world will be empty. Just put them in Texas. Right, but the, the, the main uh, argument with overpopulation isn't space. It's, it's resources. So well, but you know, there's, there's it, a, there's a on, thing on that, though. Spread out! But if you look at... They've... <laughs> They've quantified it, so it's like spread out. Yeah. Depending on what nation you live in, your your carbon footprint, like how much an, an, an Americans have, unfortunately, the largest carbon footprint. Sure. So that's like it doesn't. It's not how many people you can fit into a, into a, a valley. It's you know what's you know what's how the, much the, the thing. And Lou, I know Lou's a spiritual person, and and I and I know he knows this. Is that you know if and I and I I I do believe in I do believe in a God in a in a. Uh, Creator. A creator. If you really, from just from my limited knowledge, 
the earth is so incredibly oh. put together. Mm-hmm. It's so amazingly, incredibly put together. Everything we need mm-hmm. for as many people as we will have here is here. Yep. Yeah, sure. Yep. Everything we need, Dude. all yeah. of it, all sure. of it. We if are the. We w- just get our shit together. We, we are the, the worst right tenants in the universe. <laughs> I don't if, know about that. If, if you, you don't know, you ain't you ain't been to you ain't been to some of them galaxies, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's some okay. bad shit right. going over <laughs> in Omega Four. I've seen Star Wars, <laughs> next, man. Next three planets included, I'll say. We are the worst tenants of the most. We've been dropped here in this. It, absolute paradise i don't know if you've garden seen that we dropped we got dropped into have you the seen garden that netflix netflix thing the earth at night have no. you seen that uh-uh. absolutely tremendous oh okay i, I mean just I mean, it makes you cry it's so beautiful i love it uh earth at night and it's this incredible photography it's real art anyway poorly written but good art <laughs> uh, yeah there's like grammatical errors right. you're like what'd you just say anyway um <laughs> But that, that doesn't take away from the glory and the beauty of it, even though I'm a little bit of an English Nazi. But anyway, we were given this most incredible place, clean water, beautiful air. <clears throat> and our factories, our corporations, who should pay the bill to fix, their, they should make reparations sure. to the earth. Sure. Okay, Because they wipe their ass with their corporation. You should see the pools and miles and miles of pools and slush yeah. and sludge and yeah. shit in mm-hmm. China from old car batteries. Yeah. Literally, from here to Naples, nothing but car batteries sitting in piles. Ugh. Just the most toxic piece of shit. And we pay for it, too. We do. Well, it's because we need to drive a Prius. Well, my point is, like... <laughs> Like one of the most gangster things in all of like American history, in my opinion, is what the car companies and gas companies did to this country. So if you look at like a car company, right, they make a product which is a car. The only way to use that car is to or the only way to to, uh, to to maintain that car is have access to gasoline, but also a place to put it, like roads. And who paid for fucking roads in this country? Right. Not the fucking companies. We did. It's we, the most gangster thing. The only reason I even know that, bring that up, is like for instance Tesla, right? Tesla has to install their own chargers everywhere. Mm-hmm. They have to do that as a company. Sure. They're not going through Congress to try and get some, like, to put it on our taxpayers' bill that we have to get these fucking Tesla charge stations everywhere. They're just doing it themselves. They're not going the old gangster route, which they would normally do to save a buck. Well, you know the, I mean? thing, the thing is, is that when, it's the thing about any technology, when it first comes out, it's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. brilliant and it's new and it's wonderful and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm it's sending a, up a flare. It's here. a wow thing. I'm sending up a flare. That's not true. <laughs> we were well into having an electric car society right. at the turn of the century. Got shut down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, no. I, I don't disagree with that. No, I'm no. talking about going back. I'm not when you first go from a horse and carriage to, oh, a, to an automobile. Sure. Right. You know, when you first go t- from. You, when when the internet first starts, it's an upgrade. Yeah. You know, it it is. But then, of course, it gets corrupted. Yep. Or, and then you get so much wealth consolidated into just a few hands that we start we we start doing things the wrong way. 
for money, just right. for profit. Sure. Once again, you're going back to that profit thing. You're going back to what businesses were taught from the very beginning, maximize profits. And when we start going in that direction, what happens is we build a system to where, where so we've, here's the easy part, we've done it, we, we create something where we're doing something so wrong, but we've done it for so long. We've done something so wrong for so long mm -hmm. that you've created this web that is hard to unravel. I've had relationships when, like that. Because when you start to unravel it, what happens is, is you have all these innocent workers yep. that are caught in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I had a guy, we had a guy, uh, when th this was 1977-78 at Memphis State University. They had this lunch uh, 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 speaker thing and they bring in, uh, uh, you know, corporate leaders and stuff. And literally, we would, it was in the round mm. in a place where you put about 200 students. And so we had a guy there from Exxon or mm. Exxon Mobil or, you know, whatever, yeah. One, uh, uh, a top guy. And even in 1977, trust me, the students then are already on. Yeah, what yeah. we're talking about right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. radically on yeah. it, right? Well, yeah. air pollution was horrible back then. And that was before so, catalytic converters. Yeah. So, or the introduction of them. Somebody asked the guy, um, he go, said, How much of your profit is going into research and development of for a new alternative source. fuel? And he goes, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Zero. Very little. Very little. And let me tell you why. And I want to hip you out to something. We're not in the business of creating new fuel. No. We're in the business of selling oil. Yep. That's what we do for a living, okay? Yep. That's what our whole infrastructure is based on is selling oil. Yep. So, so the deal is, and I'm going to tell you kids this, we're going to sell every drop of it if we can. Yeah. You know, we're going to do everything we can to try to sell every drop of oil. Now, if you don't want us to do that, quit buying it. If you quit buying it, we'll shift. We have the money to do it. We'll shift when the population shifts. But as long as we can keep you on oil, we're going to do that. That's exactly So right. the thing is, we're part of the problem. And that's the thing is, yep. anybody yep. that says it, you go, are you still driving a car by yourself do you carpool do you have an electric car right. do you ride the bus do you ride a bicycle do you have a moped have you made those shifts yourself not you know, and encouraged other people to do the same thing you know it, and we all get caught up in that convenience you know sure. what i mean yep. it's very inconvenient to do that. Now, you can argue the fact that, well, they've made it inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, they it's, have. It's <laughs> right, of course right. they well, have. It's an, but that's the fucking deal. Go you ahead. know, it's well, true. So, somewhere along the line, in my opinion, uh, some, some Harvard asshole with a calculator figured out that it's way more profitable to treat a problem than to solve it. And that's yeah. just, that it goes in, it seeps into every industry. Like, like you said, oil's not looking to solve 
any problems no, no, not. in their regard. They're no. looking to sell every last drop, like you to said, because oil. That's, their job. that's not their job. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 right. Their it's, job's to sell oil. And that's yeah. it. That's what they they and, 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 it. and we you can't, know? as a society, look to them to solve that problem. We have to solve it and then yeah. force them to switch. And uh, Rockefeller, for instance, uh, they moved a lot of their assets out of oil into new green technology because in their minds, they think that's the next wave. Sure. So they're trying but, to get ahead of it. Let's, let's put it this but way, they, but trust me on this. Trust they, me on this. When the oil, when, when we move to whatever alternative, whatever different fuel source, and we will, we will. Yeah. We're going to move to something the different. Sun. We're already moving. We're making it. Well, guess who's going to own it? Them. The same guys. I mean, they, they have which, all the money. Right, which I'm willing. <laughs> gonna but own I, it. but I'm, I'd be willing to make that compromise as long as you get off the poison. Like, as long as you stop selling the poison, Let me you get, oh, make I wanna, all the profit. I want to back up and tell you something. It, it, it hold that thought. Chattanooga, Tennessee, when I was growing up there, Chattanooga's unique in that the city of Chattanooga is in a bowl. Yeah. Okay. The city of Chattanooga is – I've had a bowl of Chattanooga. I know you have. (laughs) And comedy catches right in the middle of that bowl. (laughs) Uh, uh, A very fine comedy club. It is. Um, But anyway, Chattanooga, the actual city, the city part, that sits in a bowl surrounded by Missionary Ridge and Signal Mountain, Lookout Mountain, Raccoon Mountain, all surround. So it's topographically with Tennessee River running through the middle of it. Now, topographically, that's gorgeous. You think of a, how many cities do you have? A city city that is surrounded by yeah. mountains with a with a river coming through. It's gorgeous. It's a perfect thing. But it's also the wrong place for you to become an industrial factory town. And that's what Chattanooga became. When I was growing up in Chattanooga, the downtown area was full of factories, okay? Mm-hmm. St- steel factories. Southern Saddlery, DuPont, Combustion, all these big factories Mm -hmm. down there, right? Well, just pumping out air pollution and water pollution, right? Yep. Well, because you're in a bowl, unless the weather is constantly changing, unless you have high and low pressures Uh, moving through there, clearing that out, whenever the air goes stagnant, they said that back, this is in the 60s, this is the late 60s, they said that living inside that bowl was equivalent to smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. And then there were guys that smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. It was like four packs. <laughs> On top of it. On That's right. It. So we're watching the news one night back when you just had three. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Walter Cronkite, we were watching Walter Cronkite. Because we all did. You all sure. you, you tuned in. He was our dad. And I was probably at Uncle. that point in my teens, you yeah, know, yeah. 14, 15 years old. And he came on, and they had started rating cities every year uh, by their pollution level per capita. Right. right? Generally, who's your po- who were your top? LA. Tokyo. Right. L.A. Yeah. New Mexico. You know, play, there were there there were there were several of these that you would just go. Of course, Mexico City. Of course, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, Mexico City. Number one, number one, Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> Numero uno, right? Wow. Well, that woke up our leadership. Right. That woke up not only the leadership but everybody who lived there and go. We are too proud of our city to have that right. anymore. No well, they put 
they put restrictions on every one of those factories yeah. that had to be uh, that had to be, and I'm uh, sure they fought. Uh, it. It had to be applied within, I think, two years. I believe right. they gave them two years to get everything. I'm sure done. they fought it too, right? Or, well, I mean, the, the, it, it, you know what it comes down to? They fight the cost of it. Right. It's not like they sure. don't want to do it. It's like, but do you want me to pay for that? Exactly. Right. You know, right. and I'm sure there was a lot of them paying for it and the government paying for it and this, that, and the other. Sure, yeah. The point being is. Uh, in a very short time, within five years, they cleaned that city up mm -hmm. yep. a lot. And, 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 uh, and, of course, now the factories have all left the United States, and now Chattanooga is one of the most livable, beautiful downtown areas, mm -hmm. you know. But so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like you, you have to get – you have to get the popular. You have to get people. I mean, I, I that's think what you're I just go, saying. It's a collective effort. Well, I go back. I go back to what Barack Obama said all the way through his his presidency and even trying to get elected. And he's not the only one that said this by any means. But he was very vocal about. It. He goes, "Hey, man, there's a lot of cool things that I'd like to do. There's a lot of neat things that we can do to make this country better. I can't do it." And neither can Congress. Right. If you guys, if the if the pot, if you guys do not demand it, if you do not make the proper changes in your own life, if you don't uh, get together and and and, uh, and and bond together, you know what I mean. If you just go about your life as individuals with all the conveniences you have and just roll into that. Well, you get what you get. Right. See what what you're exactly what you're talking about is what's happening right now. Here's five people, uh, all with a thread between us. This club. <clears throat> We're being told to stay away from each other, but we subliminally are attracted to one another. I just drove 60 miles to be here, okay? Because I want to see my friends. I want to see my peeps. I want to. Be in the especially with all my funny people. God, you guys are so. I, I can't tell you how much I love all of you. It's it's just amazing, but and this segregation, this keeping us all separate. Okay, we're actually kind of breaking a trend here because we're gathering right. and we're speaking yep. and we're sharing ideas. And there's a lot of people that don't want us doing that. Okay, they want us to be home, afraid, glued to the TV, and just doing the next thing the TV says. Right, but. I was saying, all the artists, a lot of artists listen to this show, whatever your media, There, this is a great time to have your wildest dreams. I don't mean to sound like it's time to elect Pedro, but you can have your wildest dreams right now because everybody's broke. There's nothing going on. Right. There's nobody buying shit. You know, right. your neighbor down the street did not get that new Jaguar. They had to think twice about it, yep. okay? Yep. And there will come some great people out of this. And, but consequently, this is a liberties grab right now. They're, they're isolating us. They're moving us. And really, to be honest with you, the only thing that's conducted all this is that blinking light in your living room. Told us all what to do. Told us all we we did what the blinking light told us well, to do. Well, but but you are, you do agree though that part of it is a I mean is 
stopping the virus from I, I, of course, getting of course. worse. But I what mean, I'm saying in an overall necessity, view, take, you know. take the virus out of the scenario. Right. If you look what, and that was the fear factor that they got us to move with, okay? They got our attention with fear, okay? Now they're moving us all around. They're separating us. They're telling us not to do this, not to do that. And there's rumors that we're going to lose Internet and phone service for a few days coming up, especially with all the space stuff they're doing right now, rearranging all the satellites above us. And it'll be now I don't know exactly what's going to go on in those couple of days, but we could lose cell service and we could lose Internet service. Okay, so we're going to be kind of on our own on our own. It'll be a little bit of a, a perilous time, but just know that this is the wave of change that's coming, whether we like it or not, but we don't have to not like it. We can make this our own self. Be proactive. Because the, get, get together in your groups. The, you humans, the human spirit, yeah. and especially those of us that right. base ourselves in well, you know something, laughter Luke, and humor. In that same line, I can tell you right now, do you think that me and the 10 comedy club owners that I'm talking to on a regular basis talk as much as we have been over the past two weeks? Nope. No. We are in a lot more communication. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Everybody's and guards it, down. And it's all positive communication. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and we're, you know, and, and we realize, and we're, and, and we're all, I mean, we're all adamant among ourselves, you know. We're all strong business people in our communities. Sure. You know, we, we, are, we are business people that have been in our communities for decades. We service a lot of people, and the people that we service love us. Yeah. And we love them. This and, and we, so we know we have influence. This club you know, is such a uh, heartbeat of this community. You employ, how many employees do you have? About 40. 40 employees. And then that filters out exponentially to the people they feed from the money that they make here. It's an, it's an amazing nucleus of energy. And it's well known that united we stand, divided we fall. So even though we are separated right now, keep that Keep those heart lines open. Oh, yeah. Stay absolutely. in touch with your people. Yeah, be and now, proactive. Like I said, what could be a real scary thing is when we do lose uh, internet or phone for then a couple Then get to of know days. your neighbors. Just exactly. get to know your yeah. neighbors. Just hang tight, man. I saw the most beautiful thing on the way here. Uh, it was, even though uh, it was just a neighborhood thing, driving yeah. through a neighborhood, but there was kids out playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We're all seeing see. that. We're all seeing everybody's out walking. Yeah. Everybody's Riding out. Bikes. You know, and, and we, we luckily just had a neighborhood. Uh, we do a little block party once a year. You know, just, you know, we had about 70, 80 people show up. You know, it's just just, nice. just to put a face to people. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, one of the things that, that I, I said it today to myself when I passed by, and I was on my bike, going for a little ride. I passed by a couple of neighbors. We all are looking at each other and waving and, hey, how's it going? I said, damn it, from now on, I don't know their name. From now on, when I pass a neighbor, I'm going to go, hey, Les. Right. And get them to go, Bill. Yeah. Cool, Bill. And every time I see them, just to go, Les, Bill. You know, so that eventually we're riding around going, Bill, Sarah, 
Twee, you know, you're, you know what I mean? I just met my neighbor across the street. The lady had been living there for a few months, several months maybe, and she works at a school. The school closed. Yeah. And she knocked on my door the other day and says, look, we got food that the school can't use. And it was, she had a bag full of cucumbers, and she goes, could you use these? And I never met That's her before. That's a bad joke. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, where are you going with Come this, on, Johnny? Come on, a right. bag of cuke. It, it was could... oranges. Okay, oranges. She's a very Got lonely cucumbers lady. It was for oranges. God's I'm sorry. <laughs> but the fact that, you know, I, I met her when we, when we you know, met. Nice. It, was, it was like, yeah. And she goes, if there's anything I can do for you, you know, let me know. I say, hey, if there's anything I we, can do for We've you, been talking you know? about that, and I've met several of my neighbors that I, I, I see them, we wave, yep. but we've never Don't really talked. Sure. And I've met so many more of them now. I'm so much, I've been so much more open with giving my phone number out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I was guarded with that for a little yeah. while. But wait go, till oh, that pays my... off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you don't have to answer. Yeah. You know, that's the beautiful thing. <laughs> Isn't that the hey, beautiful look, thing? You don't have me? to answer. I mean, well, you know, I got to tell you. Elliot Publix? I got to tell you, if I answer the phone when you call me, I like you. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm going to try I, that theory out now. after this. Uh, I know who you are. Well, Twee, before we wrap this up, <laughs> and we and we're not going to totally wrap it up because I've got an I, I want to do something that'll be fun. Right. Uh, we've been sitting here yammering, and you know it's funny. Always with this dynamic with four or five people, we always have one person every time that doesn't talk much. And I think, and that's the thing I love about the conversation, and that it being not an interview. We did not sit down before and decide that we were going to talk about this subject or that subject. We don't. Now, we talked about a lot about what you would expect us to talk about because that's what we're all mired in sure, right, right now. You know, well, we all, us, and we I'm, all I'm, have opinions. I've about been it. watching a lot of match game reruns, so I've been not. With the long, <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about the long microphone yeah, match the long game? Or the short oh, long, hey, Richard Dawson, <laughs> yeah. man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> not, not, not Baldwin, right? No, not Baldwin. Not Baldwin. A, Although that's asshole. a pretty good match game. It's I okay. It's okay. But. Twee, uh, <laughs> the, anything, you know, you want to interject? Well, I didn't want to interrupt earlier. When, you, you know, everyone was on a roll. But, I mean, uh, I, I actually, one of the good things about that comes out of this whole, you know, virus and, and social distancing, I actually don't like to use the word social distancing because, or phrase, because, you still are social. You maybe want a physical distancing, but not social distancing, yeah. right? And that's what Asians have been doing for ages. That's why I don't hug. Oh, she's been <laughs> loving this. I keep my distance. Yeah, I mean, I get I get anxious when I'm in line at the grocery store or the post office, and someone is like literally standing right behind me. Is so that I a cult? Like is that a cultural uh, close talker? Maybe on top of that, a little bit of personality too. But okay. I think, but I think, yeah, it's just like kind of give me give me the space. You know, you don't have to be. Yeah. Like right up next to me to be able You'd to love Wyoming. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'll move there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. um, you know, they got a good Asian population there, yeah. too, don't they? Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. No. Fantastic. <laughs> Let me start one. <laughs> uh, social distancing, you know, maybe not so much. You still want to keep in contact. Like you said, keep heart lines open, yeah. but yeah. maybe physical distancing. Yes. You know, because of in light of uh, all the things that are going on. But um no, you mean like like everyone said, you don't have the excuse of I don't have the time anymore. You know, exactly. you, you've always wanted True. to learn I'm that busy. language or take that <laughs> class. Now's your chance. Sure. Uh, baby steps too. It's not like you have to learn it overnight. You know, but um, I, I mean, I'm sure all of you here know, but I I do one new thing a week every week. This is my new thing this week. It's been hard, kind of, to 
come up with new things to do, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not impossible. I have all the time in the world to be creative now and to think of things to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it for many, many years now, and it might be not as quote unquote adventurous, so to speak, but nonetheless, it's still new. You know, like for instance, the week before it was, uh, I've never made blueberry scone loaves from scratch. And it was like, you know, you go to Starbucks, you go to like your local coffee shop, you get one of those, right? But I actually made one like literally from flour and from butter, you know? So it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Butter? Right. (laughs) What's that? Scone? So, um, yeah, but nonetheless, it was new, you know? And uh, it's it's been cool. It's been fun. I've been just... I'm not bored. I don't know. Like people are saying like, oh, I'm bored or I, I don't, I'm just going crazy out of my mind. I, I'm not bored at all. I always have stuff sure. to do or I yeah. come up with something to do. So yeah, my, my brother's a biker and he's got this really fat Harley. It's really cool. And he goes, I've detailed my bike three times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He goes, I don't have anywhere to ride it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what right. Pam and I were talking about. All these things we've been wanting to do to the house. Yeah. You know, and it's really more than anything. I mean, let, let me put it this way. Right now, in my master bedroom, master bedroom, bathroom, uh, and my back room, which is kind of my room, I know what is in every fucking drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything right. that is in every drawer. Did some purging, did I you? couldn't even have come close to that a week and a half ago. <laughs> You'd go, what's in that drawer? I'd be like, God only knows. And, and, uh, and you know, the goof of it was, you know, going through those drawers, you know, was that it was, it was fun because I found some things that were really like little you found little prizes you went oh my god you know what i mean why you kept it a pound (laughs) a pot unbelievable (laughs) where did i get that uh but but no you go through and you run across a. why didn't we do this at your house you run across a picture (laughs) or whatever but you know but yeah i mean absolutely i think and and this goes back to my thing that i've been on a soapbox on right now that i think is just in this particular situation is that when the economy when you're at a point where you have by emergency by an emergency situation you've had to halt 50 percent of the economy that's about where we're at right now okay 50 percent of the economy had to stop not because anybody so my thing at the very beginning when that happened was Here's the important thing for leadership at the top end to do. They need to make sure that everybody knows, every citizen knows that you are not going to lose anything because of this. You're not going to lose a house. You're not going to lose a business. They have not not made that assurance. You're not going to lose your insurance. You're not going to lose your car. You're not going to lose anything because – what we're going to do is we're going to put the economy on pause for every one of you who can't work because we've told you not to. You know, if we've told you not to work so that you can help save lives, that's what this comes down to. Sure. Don't work so we save lives. Okay, if everybody is going to do that, because you could go the other way especially in this situation, 
If you wanted to be barbaric about it, you could go, well, who's dying? The weakest. The yeah. weakest, pretty much, not in every situation. There are strong people that are dying of this. Sure. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, this is a disease that attacks the weakest in our society. Sure. So you could kind of go with, ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Keep doing what you're doing. Everybody fend for their self. Yeah. Strongest, strongest well, that's survives. That's what we did last year. Yeah. You know. That was the last influenza season. It paid no mind. The reason we're getting all these reports now is, is because of the COVID exposure. But they're literally, uh, it's a play-by-play on right. pneumonia. But the now. point being is, the, to me, leadership, leadership should be connecting with everybody. And the first thing that, that hit me when I told all of my employees, hey, man, we're shut down, and I don't know how long. And I'm going to tell you, it could be a year. Don't think it couldn't be. It could be. Sure. For this kind of business, it could be a year, it could be a year and a half. I don't know. Okay? So, in doing that, what I, I knew, what Pam and I knew right then was, we're looking at our whole staff going, they're all going to run out of money pretty quick. Nobody here has deep pockets. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody here, at the, at the, if, if, the most financially conservative of our people might could make it three or four months six months would be amazing but this could last longer than that Mm -hmm. so that's where i go your leadership should be going hey man this is not anything of your doing okay and we are asking you to sacrifice to save lives so here's what i'm going to tell you is no one is losing anything you're already going to lose some things financially just by going through it. You're already going to. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to have to sacrifice. Everybody, But at the end of the day, when this is all over with, you're going to be living in the same house. You're going to be driving the same car. You're all going to have your insurance. You're, you're going to live in the same apartment. All of that's not going to change. And every business that was a strong, viable, you know, solid business – is going to reopen so all you fuckers can come back to work. Right. And I go, that's what we needed to have happen, and it didn't. And I'm still pissed off about that. And, and, I, and I believe because it, it's, it's, it's been talked about, and I believe it, it, it might get there. But just throwing a bunch of fucking money out there without this part of it is, mm. is a major fuck-up. You yeah. know, and, and so that, that's where, to me, where I've seen the disconnect. And, and I saw it as soon as I let my people go. I was like, man, they're not going to be able to pay their bills. How long can we pay our bills? You know, how long? Right. You know, we're the, we are the one with the deepest pockets, but I can't go forever. Right. You know, and what a bummer. What a bummer to have been the person who did all the things that you were told to do. You saved money every month. You you built your savings up. You built your retirement account. You did everything the way you were supposed to do. And now, because of this, well, fuck, you might just lose it all. Every single bit of it. Mm-hmm. Start all over again. You know, the domino effect of that, of going, it's going to, if that's what happens, the economic recovery 
that we need is going to take way the fuck longer. Yep. Okay? Way longer. All those people that had healthy retirement accounts, okay, if they get depleted too much, well, guess what happens over the next 10 years? They don't go on those vacations. They don't go on the cruises. They don't buy the second home in Florida. They don't do all that. So that's where I even sit there and you go, this whole rhetoric of going, going, you know, this whole thing could be some kind of conspiracy to consolidate money. Let me tell you something. If that's what you're doing and this is the way you're doing it, you're fucked up, okay? Because if you don't keep the base, like you talked about, Lou, the, the foundation of the whole fucking thing solid, if you, don't, if you, let, if you let even 25% of that go fucking, you know, sideways, well, guess what happens to the motherfuckers up there at the top? They don't get it. That doesn't come up to them. Okay, they don't get it either. To me, to me, this is to me that that right there was a lack of leadership and a disconnect to the people here. That that would have been an easy thing, and I'm still pushing like a motherfucker for it to happen. Mm -hmm. It needs to happen. You know, that's the healthy thing for our society. And uh, you know, and 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 that way, that way, if you did that, then yes, you can sit at home. Be safe. Use the money that you have to go, okay, man, I don't have to worry about my bills, you know, or I don't have to worry about most of them. You know, at some point, you're, you're not going to be able to pay them anyway. I can focus the money that's coming into me from the government or wherever on the necessities, and I cannot stress out. I can sit at home like Twee's doing and be very positive, yes, and go, you know what, at the end of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna know I'm gonna be able to play twelve more songs on the guitar than I than I could play. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get finally started on that book I always wanted to write. I am gonna finally learn to speak Spanish. I am gonna finally have a bond with my family that I've never had before. I mean, all those beautiful things that can come out of this. You know, and there are going to be a lot of beautiful things. The sure. environment is already cleaning up like we've never seen before. Right. Yep. You know, and and, There's and be all a those bunch th of babies in December. Yeah, there is. <laughs> That's what I always said. I said, I said, look, man. I said, I said, any of you that have healthy relationships, you know, uh, 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 with someone that you're having sex with, well, now they're trapped. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trapped at home with you, and, and, and by God, if you if you never could talk them into role playing, now's your chance. <laughs> I heard that the uh, divorce rates though in Wuhan went way up after that whole quarantine. Yeah. Well, they did say that was something that they voiced is that with this is that healthy relationships will get healthier. Right. And, and more fun and better yeah. but in those in those households that are toxic it's you're going to have more abuse yeah. than you had before oh, you yeah. know yeah. uh but so far you know we haven't seen a lot of gun play <coughs> hey guys thanks a lot this was a this was a this was another wonderful yeah podcast oh, man. and, and oh, it did my soul good oh it's it a, was hang with yeah, funny right. people it's a time warp is what it this was, was. Yeah. it was uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, Scott Bird is my roommate. Yes. A uh, really, really funny comic. And uh, Pam, uh, who's my girlfriend again, Yep. Uh, another funny comic. So we just had, like, a long weekend of 
partial social distancing. Nice. And uh, but it's really nice to be around funny people all the time. And tonight uh, was just uh, such a treat. Such well, a treat. I, I can tell you that we we get email. We are getting emails and phone calls constantly from our patrons, just simply going, "Please make us laugh." Yeah. Please make yeah. us laugh. Yeah. Sure. You know, and I know there's a lot of comics out there doing it. God bless you. And, and man, yeah, I'm getting uh, getting comics are sending me stuff. Mm-hmm. We're getting people just sending stuff, and we just post it up on our Facebook page. And sure. I know you do the same thing with your stuff. And I DJ you know, that thing, baby. You got it. I got, got 5,000 people looking at it. That's lovely. So they say. That's <laughs> as it is. You know, uh, on a little bit of a serious note, uh, a couple things. Uh, Vic Henley just passed a couple yes, days ago. Yes, yes, So, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Vic Henley yeah. was one of the nicest men, almost as nice as you, Les. Well, you know, Vic Vic was in my, I call it my class of comedians, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, uh, when we all started in uh, of the Southeast group with, and that was for people who, who uh, know the celebrities, that was Jeff Foxworthy and, 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 and Ron White and James Gregory and, uh, and then I can just name a ton of comics you probably have never heard of, but uh, uh, mostly based out of that Atlanta punchline, yep. yep. which was uh, just back in the day was just an incredible uh, oh, place. I mean, sure. God, am I, you tell people, man, if you can't do well there, get the fuck out of the business. Right. But Vic was one of those guys that, that funny, when I, you know, and the thing was, I'd kind of gotten uh, for years, I'd, I, I hadn't seen or heard of Vic for uh, for many years, and what happened was, uh, he was he was mainly touring with Kathleen Madigan and I think Ron White and you know some celebrities. You know sure. he was opening for He's them. Perfect and, for that. And so he wasn't. I don't think he was really playing a lot of clubs. He's living up in New York, and mm-hmm. so Mark Ridley, who has the Comedy Castle up in uh, uh, Detroit. He had mentioned to me, uh, he had run into, he, he's great friends with Kathleen Madigan, and he'd run into, I guess, Kathleen and Vic, and we always now will, he's one of those club owners, will beat her, hey, have you heard of this guy? Have you ever had this guy in or this girl in or whatever? And he was like, you know Vic Henley? I go, oh, God, yeah. Uh, and uh, still out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's one that hooked us back up about uh-huh. three years ago, and, uh, you know, and it was just great to, you know, one of those comics you hadn't talked to in probably 15 years, and you hook back up, and you're just, you know, you're just right on track. It was track. like a week and a half ago. Yeah, and, yeah. and boom, 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 and then he, 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 we've had him in here twice. Yep. You know, twice, and I talked to him just a month ago, work, you know, to uh, uh, just before all this shit happened, probably yeah. back in February, we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, coming back up here, and I was going to be in the city in April and get together, and... And uh, yeah, man, He's sad. A, and I think he had an aneurysm. I believe it he was. He had a yeah. He had a heart attack and yes. then uh, complications after that. Yeah, so. something like that. He, he was and, uh, he was actually on our fourth episode, Vic Henley, of uh, the podcast. Of the podcast. So if you guys want to list, go back to listen to that, it's uh, the fourth episode. What a great dude! Nice. And and nice. one more. Uh, there's uh, one of our comic friends here, uh, Ginger Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. She's yep. dealing with uh, uh, cancer right now. Ooh. Uh, and she's right in the middle of her chemotherapy uh, treatment. So not only does she have to deal with the scenario, uh, she's also having to deal with uh, chemotherapy treatments right, and stuff right. like that. So, Ginger, we love you, baby. And, uh, you know, uh, good energies, healing energy. She's going to be okay. Uh, I'm, I'm positive of it. But it's scary times. You know, she's a single lady and, 
you know, she does everything. She's she's funny. She's great. She's a business person. Uh, and then for her to get thrown this anchor uh, in the middle of all this, it's uh, well, and that's where it comes. You know, with all this scenario that we're in, mm-hmm. we all know that we we all know that we need each other more than we needed each other before. Yep. That's what always happens with tragic situations and, yep. and difficult and challenging situations. And, and, uh, you know, and there'll be, there'll be people that get hurt through this and, and, and just no, no way to avoid that. But, uh, uh, once again, I think, I think we're going to come out of this better than we were before. And, uh, and I think, you know, sometime next year we'll be, uh, we'll be back doing what we've always done, not skipping a beat, you know, and smoking uh, weed and playing bocce ball. Yeah, that's right. Smoke yeah. weed and play a bocce ball. That's Florida, man. That's Florida. You're a Florida man. Florida native, Lou. You know, well, thank you, Johnny, Lou, Twee, Mike. This is a conversation. <laughs>